0: Hey guys, Zach here from Eternal Dirtles We're offering some top level Legacy discussion with tournament recaps Deck lists And even some current events interviews Of course we're offering all this content for free But if you want to help us out um, We are offering patronage over at Patreon.com at Patreon.com/EternalDertles. We have some cool rewards for your pledge And the pledge goes right back to help us with the show With equipment, research, and some classes That we're working on to help make this podcast One of the best in the legacy community That said, we're super happy to have anyone listening. You're always welcome to listen for free. You can expect us to get out content to you every single week. Every Friday we drop. So um, with that out of the way, how about you guys enjoy the show? We've got a real special one for you. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia.
1: Good evening, Zach. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. So much happening this week. Uh we gotta keep it short because we have an interview a little later. Uh but uh let's let's uh let's start it off.
1: Yeah, so this weekend in Columbus was the North American Legacy Championship. And it was won by what I would consider a pretty interesting deck. Yeah. For Winning Legacy Championship. Um, do we want to just go through the top eight here? Just get quick uh, yeah, let's, reaction.
0: Let's talk about the whole top eight, and then and okay. then talk about this this first place deck.
1: All right. So this first place deck is uh, black green dark depths combo. Um, the second place deck was miracles with predict. Mm-hmm. Then there were two death and taxes decks in third and fourth. And then fifth through eighth were four color Delver, another Death and Taxes deck, a blue white and red Eldrazi deck, and the red black Reanimator deck.
0: That red black Reanimator deck is just coming right back around. That's a a crazy deck that just like continues to be a thing.
1: It is, yep. Yeah, it won the in the uh, Eternal Championship in our uh, Legacy Championship in Europe, and uh, yeah, another top eight here. I mean. I watched it on I don't know if you got to see any of it on camera. Um I think he like mulled to four and then got uh counterbalanced out. Well that'll be <laughs> uh in the final or in the top eight. But yeah, this deck his deck has four Chancellor of the Annex and that seems to be a really important card for this deck. Basically it's turn one percentage is just super high. Yeah. And uh as long as you have you have a Chancellor, um you know, they're not gonna cast any spells for a couple turns because it'll tax them if you reveal it, and then if it's in play, it taxes them again.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so. pretty wild. Um so I mean that deck we've we've talked about with the unmasks and the you know, mm-hmm. the sneak attacks and stuff. Does this have sneak attack in it? No. He is running No sneak attack yeah, his, in this deck. His
1: sideboard tech is stronghold gambit. Oh,
0: that's spicy. Yeah. Um, that's it's like a show and tell for whoever has the lowest casting cost creature.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't really help you against like graveyard hate as much if it's like death. They instead of like death ray shaman. They'll just put in another death ray shaman or uh, of course, you know. yeah. But you can unmask all the creatures out of their hand and then play it too. Yeah, unmask absolutely. and play. He's got thoughtsies, so yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so, uh, that's, you know, that's that deck. We've talked about that. This, uh, blue, white, red, uh, Eldrazi deck is pretty interesting. You've got the, uh, they've got the, uh, Eldrazi Obligator in this deck. Uh, I'm assuming that's good versus any deck that you just, like, want to take your opponent's creatures, uh, like, you know, you put in a Grizzle Brand, I'd take your Grizzle Brand and, uh, draw some cards and it's... Not like you could counter it because I have a Cavern of Souls?
1: Yeah. And I think that, yeah, we say blue, white, red, what we mean is that this deck has Drowner of Hope, Eldrazi Displacer, and Eldrazi Obligator in it. Yes. And the rest is all colorless cards. Yeah, of course. Um, so he's using Ether Hub from the new set, Kaladesh, as, yep. as a mana fixer, along with uh, Corrupted Crossroads, which which uh, allows you to cast, uh, pay the color colored cost of Spell of the Void, and Cavern of Souls, so no volcanic islands or tundras in this blue white red deck but
0: um yeah dual lands nonetheless though um yeah rainbow
1: triple lands in this deck yeah, effectively. it's pretty
0: pretty great um yeah it's it, this you know this is pretty much an eldrazi deck just got some uh some added utility in the uh, obligator and the drowner of hope uh so that's that's cool
1: yeah i guess you he's putting the drowner of hope in, on Obligators where the fully colorless build would have something like endbringer I mean, he's still got four Mimics, four Endless Ones, four Reality Smashers, and four Thought Knots. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what do you think of three Death and Taxes uh, hitting the top eight? Do you think that has something to do with uh, the region, or do you think that's just it was inevitable that this deck would come back into play? I
1: sort of read it as you had to believe people were showing up with blue decks, and this was just going to give you a good matchup against a lot of the field. For sure. Um, and I do think that Recruiter the Guard is really helping its matchup against Miracles.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting that Sanctum pre out is pretty important, right? Yeah, just like holding a Recruiter in your hand
1: until, and then when they Terminus you, you just put the Recruiter in and then get another creature and put that creature in and suddenly you're, yeah. you know, fairly rebuilt. That, Especially seems like,
0: if that seems like a pretty good plan, actually, if you're if your Death and Taxes just put out a card that stops him from ever being able to cast Terminus again, or that stops him from casting uh, you know, uh, swords or whatnot, and getting in there. Yeah, I, I, uh,
1: I, I think Sanctum Prelate's actually pretty good, and uh, I, I tested a little bit against Death and Taxes um, mm-hmm. when I saw that it was uh, doing so well, and the Recruiter being able to just find you things you need uh, and Sanctum Prelate being one of those things you can find is, is pretty good. For Especially sure. against the miracles, so um,
0: and then obviously miracles for sure. Like we knew, we knew that there was going to be at least one. I really expected two, but uh, you know, down to down to one. Not you know, not. Uh, I'm not surprised that miracles is in the top eight. I, mean, I don't think anyone is.
1: No, and uh, uh, I think there was another miracles deck in ninth or tenth. Yeah, you know, something on, on around those around that region. So you know, I kind of wish they would they would. Give us down to sixteen with some of these bigger yeah. tournaments, um, just so, so we know for sure.
0: The interesting thing in this one is it was running a main deck Supreme Verdict, which is uh, you know interesting and only three terminus in the main. Um,
1: yeah, he's got wear tear in the main. Um, he doesn't have anything. Well, his kill conditions he got he's got two entreats, and three yeah. jace, and the three Snapcaster. I think so.
0: uh, Sam Rookus' version also was running two entreats and three jace. Or maybe two Jason his, but uh, definitely running more than one entreat. So that's that's something we're starting to see a sway back to. Um,
1: And I think that could be explained by the fact that Moat is becoming a card that gets played. Yeah, makes sense. This deck has three predicts in it. I'm sort of surprised because, um, you know, predict is usually like one of those mentor fuel cards. And to have three of them in this deck that has two and three,
0: you well, know. Well, you know, I, I have to say that predict predict goes back and forth, uh, and sometimes you want to play like this. This particular version has a lot of air. You've got the you've got the brainstorms, the ponders, and the predicts, um, yeah. and, and this one. But uh, a lot of times you skew predicts for ponder in, in the mentor version, um, just so that you can get you know you can get more of a feel for what your deck is doing and cheaper spells. Um. So the the legends versions uh, generally run more predicts than than the uh, mentor version. So, it, it, yeah, and it we is... had a discussion
1: about this earlier because I actually played Miracles last night and I put a predict in. I thought it was good every yeah. time I cast it. So
0: predicts predicts a solid card. Uh, you know, I I can't hate on that card. And as as a uh, you know our, our friend De- Derek Allen said, it is the most Zach Clark of of Magic cards. It just it just dirtles, That's all it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it in, in a deck where you're always getting to see the top card of your deck because that allows you to thin your deck out for a draw you don't necessarily need. Uh, it literally shows you three new cards for uh, for a top activation the next time you t- you activate top, which is pretty cool.
1: It draws two at instant speed in, the, in most situations. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. It was good to refill your hand at the end of their turn, especially like if they're... Um, if you have a counterbalance down, they're just not doing anything. Usually you can do a lot of stuff in your end step and uh, just getting a couple cards in your hand then untapping and just closing the game out with a mentor or something is usually the plan there.
0: Yeah. And so uh, the, the four-color Delver deck, uh, you know, the classic uh, Deathrite Shaman, Delver, Gurmog Angler. Uh, this one's running Snapcasters, which is interesting it, in a deck with Gurmog Angler uh, and then and True2Dream, two, two two Nemesis. Uh, and it's, it's basically... A, a Grixis Delver deck with Abrupt Decays.
1: Yeah, and he's got the Snapcaster Mage in here with the Gurmag Angler, which I don't love, but he did top eight champs. This yeah, is mean, Jarvis U, so yeah. he must know what he's doing. guys knows, guys, um, guys knows
0: how to play <laughs> Magic.
1: Um, I just, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen this deck with just the two Tarmaglers instead of two Gurmag Anglers. I can see why you would want it to get around Counterbalance. I just feel like it must feel terrible to then, like, rip your Snapcaster Mage Oh God, <laughs> after that, but yeah. Um, I, just, I look at this deck, and I think it's cool. I just wonder if, like, Delver of Secrets could be other things.
0: Yeah, I you mean, know, that's, that's maybe the a... funny thing about Delver is, like, you know, sometimes it's the best best card in your deck, and after about turn three, you're like, uh, I don't want to yeah, see what am this I doing? ever. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that was the top eight for uh, for Eternal Weekend, and it's... Well, it's we uh, what we didn't that? talk
1: about the champion yet.
0: I guess we should, yeah, we probably should talk about Eva, Eva Green Depths, right?
1: Right, so this is a black-green, dark-depths combo deck um, that runs four depths, four Hexmage, four Thespian Stage, has like Lotus Petal, Crop Rotation, Expedition Map, three Mainboard Pithy Needles. uh, I'm assuming those are for Wasteland and Caracas, mostly. Also like, you know, Jace. And then three Not of This World. And that basically is just like a free counterspell for your merit Lage. If they try and swords it or Caracas it, you could actually counterspell or ability that targets a permanent you control. So um, this deck's made some uh, inroads online, uh, and so I guess I'm not that surprised to see it do well.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, this is this, this is, is not a... the first time I'm seeing a deck like this, but it's it's very new to me. Uh, you know, to see to see this doing well in a larger meta like since 2012 you know like i i recall seeing this deck during like m13 i want to say uh as as like a you know a deck that people were playing but this is it's it's a long time since this deck has been good so it's very surprising to me
1: we've got four thoughts these two inquisitions and a duress you've got some some disruption in here and you know Really, you could just like—it's the kind of deck where, you know, sometimes you're just gonna thought season, play a hex mage, get some beats in. You know, they know that they're gonna that you're threatening dark depths, but you're just, you know, sort of, you know, assembling your combo with protection. Um, you know, it's probably not that bad at just yeah. sort of starting, you know, putting pressure on while digging for a combo, which is nice.
0: Yeah, this is a, its a, its an interesting deck, and it's cool that this is the, uh, the current. You know, this is the current champion in, in North America. It's just like crazy that this is a deck that, uh, that you know, as far as I'm concerned, really came out of left field. You know, like this is not a deck that I would have expected at all to see in a top eight.
1: Yeah, and it's cool that this is the, the current legacy champion. In and in, in Europe, the legacy champion is the Black Red Reanimate deck. Um, combined just looking at, you know, what we're looking at on MTG Top 8. The depth deck is like a thousand bucks, and the red black deck is five hundred and something.
0: Yeah, it's kind of great.
1: <laughs> nice, shardless bug deck. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: so I guess we should get down to talking about uh, the the news that Star City Games dropped this week.
1: Right. They are basically the news is that they're going to run for their classic series, or let's say change the brand. Um, on the second day of the two day opens they're gonna run the format that was run on the first day which and then either modern or standard so upshot is unless there's a legacy open which only happens once a quarter or third or whatever they parcel them up um, there won't be a legacy classic. So you're basically taking what was a fairly regular big legacy tournament out of rotation
0: yeah that's it's a pretty big bummer I think Um, it just—it's a bummer that you know there's less legacy being played at these these big events. So it means less data overall uh, to to judge these larger events by.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this isn't nearly as bad news as them canceling the Legacy Sunday Open. Yeah. Um, and that was a real gut punch, you know.
0: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Totally.
1: I think that. I mean. They got to do what they got to do. I crunched the numbers, and really, the upshot is just that modern just kills it for them. The modern opens are very well attended. The modern classics were always the most well attended, and legacy towards the second half of the year was actually doing pretty well compared to standard. Like it was outdrawing standard. So if there was a modern open, and then legacy standard classics. Oh wow! Legacy was outdrawing standard
0: five of the last seven yeah. of the year. The problem is, is that. Standard magic cards sell for SEG much better than I think legacy magic cards do on the whole.
1: You know, and they must be making a ton because a modern open draws, on average, seven hundred and sixty-nine people. And a legacy or a standard open on average draws five hundred and ninety-two. This is just data I crunched and averaged over okay. the course of the other couple days. So that's 170 players times $50. Just from running a modern open, yeah. and when they do run legacy opens, it's about the same amount—about 770 players.
0: And what do you think the average like expenditure for like a player showing up at these events? Like, I generally drop like five to ten dollars on just uh, you know sideboard cards I might need at that that tournament that day. So there's another like five to ten dollars per player, let's say. You know, like yeah, I'm, and you... I, I'm pretty conservative about what I'm spending here. Uh, I think that uh, there are some people who buy you know four or five cards for their deck that are you know expensive in the $30 range so you know I think
1: I don't know I mean you, people must be showing think? up and I think people must be showing up and buying standard ducks at right. the counter of
0: course right I think that just makes that's three
1: four hundred dollars right
0: yeah there's closer no other way to, to two two to three hundred dollars now but still like I mean it's it's the format is cheap enough that you can do that
1: yeah and I mean Like like I said, it's like I understand what they're doing. I don't, but I also don't think legacy players don't buy cards, or it's not legacy players don't show up. The legacy opens, each legacy open outdo every standard open. Yeah.
0: I think it is, it it comes down to singles.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's not a lot you can do about it. You know, it's funny, like Star City, they're, people are like, they're pulling legacy support. They're selling a volcanic island on their site for $230 minimum. Yeah, You know, that's like MP on sale, $230. It's like, you know, if they really, I'll worry about, I'll worry about the future of the format when that number goes down. You know what I mean? Of course. Like if they don't, if they're not, if they're not really like cutting bait, you know, it must not be that bad. We'll have our tournaments and I I think we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, we got an interview coming up, uh, in in a few minutes in a second or two, uh, we're actually recording this uh, on one day and then recording the interview tomorrow. Uh, oh, but, that's right. Uh, in real
1: time for yeah. to you guys listeners. It's a couple seconds to yeah. us. Uh, we schedule it for tomorrow.
0: So so that's that's a big part of uh, what's coming up in, in the following segment. So um, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that there and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, jump back. So we have uh we have Michael Caffrey on the line from uh Tales of Adventure. Uh we should uh get some pretty interesting information out of him off of uh off of the new uh uh tournament system they're trying to do. Uh Michael, are you on the line? I am. I'm glad to be here. Great. It's good it's good to hear from you. So uh so tell us a little bit about about uh the tournament system that uh Tales of Adventure is implementing.
2: Over the past Years or so, we've done a whole bunch of big legacy vintage modern type events in the Northeast. This year, this upcoming year in 2017, we're planning on doing two big $35,000 cash prize weekends a $20,000 legacy main event on Saturday, and a $7,500 modern and $7,500 vintage event on Sunday. But the uh, really special part is that we're offering satellite tournaments which allow anyone to get in on the fun, earn buys, earn free entry. The tournaments are open. Anyone can come in and play, but the satellites are a way for your your local store participation to feed into what you're doing at at a bigger stage. Very cool. So
0: basically you're allowing sort of like a a, a qualifier to these, to these uh, events.
2: Right. Or or another way to, to pay for your entry into that tournament.
0: Cool. That's pretty neat. Um, So there's, there's a, different levels of of these events that you're running you're allowing the stores to run as well right there's
2: four total levels bronze silver gold and platinum bronze is the most straightforward doesn't cost the store anything at all to run you get a couple points for finishing but this is the ideal uh fnm level type tournament your regular weekly tournaments are going to fall into the bronze level then we have the silver level where first place receives enough points to get a one round buy into the event with points to the top four. This is kind of what we envision to be a $500 type event. Gold are a little bit bigger for the $1,000 event. First place gets free entry into any of the events as well as a buy. And uh, finally, there's the platinum level. Platinum level is not something we've really talked about. We weren't sure if we're going to have any stores that agreed to do it. We have already heard from a store that has said, yes, we want to run a platinum level event. Okay. That's going to award a lot more points, a uh, very high amount of points overall. And it will also feature coverage from the Tales of Adventure coverage team featuring Ruben Bressler. Great. Uh, that actually answers one of the, one of the questions
0: I was, I was going to ask you is about uh, will you be uh, offering coverage teams and stuff like that for these, uh, these uh, larger events? It's pretty great to hear that you will be doing that.
2: If anyone's doing a moderately sized legacy tournament, basically anywhere, we'll be more than happy to work with them on coverage and figure out something that works for everyone.
0: Great. So uh, just to recap that, uh, so we have – you have uh, bronze, silver, uh, gold, and platinum events. And so to give you sort of an idea of scale for for the layman, you basically have like your weekly event in bronze, your – preliminary pro tour qualifier, like size event and, and silver and RPTQ size event for, for gold. And, and the platinum is more of like a, you know, like an EE kind of a, kind
2: of event, like something on that scale. We're envisioning platinum events to be in the 80 to a hundred person okay. range, fairly similar to a, a star city classic or, or something like that, possibly on the smaller side. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Let me just check, uh, Nate,
0: are you still on the line?
2: Yeah, yeah, I lost okay, you guys good. for a minute, but I'm no, back. Yeah. awesome,
0: awesome. So I know, I know, we both have have a few questions. Nate, has got a couple good ones as well. Yeah, Mike.
1: First of all, I think it's uh, thank thank you for coming on. It's really great to uh, to be able to get the uh, the lowdown from the source. But I'm going to have to listen to most of what you said again because I was off the line. Um, I uh, I just was wondering uh, if you could talk a little about um, how the how the series has grown. I, I played I last played an Eternal Extravaganza three and um, you know, it was a great experience. I thought you guys did a really great job that was at your store. Um, but you've sort of branched out now. You're going on to, you know, different sites. I'm just wondering, like, you know, how how how, how are you uh, liking the response from the Legacy community in terms of getting this tournament series to grow?
2: The, the response for these events has been completely surreal. The number of, of messages I've received in support, right? the number of shares on the initial Facebook post we made. It's, it's over 100 shares. That's wild. Yeah,
0: that's so 100 great.
2: people saying this is important enough. I care enough about this that I wouldn't go ahead and, and share it with other people. Uh, over, the, the, over the past three years, we've continually just increased it a little bit, tried to tried to work with other stores, grow the format, make a bigger event, make a better event. And I feel like this is something that's going to be sustainable for the near future.
0: Yeah, you guys couldn't have come in at a better time with SEG just t- just telling everyone that they're they're scaling down their legacy events.
2: We had yeah, I mean, a lot of these plans already lined up beforehand, and then once once Star City's announcement came into play, we we said, okay, this is this is time we're going to go ahead and, and let everyone know what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that seemed like a pretty good move. Um, yeah, so- yeah, Mike.
2: Uh, I- Mike, I don't live in, I live in Utah
1: now actually. I don't live in the Northeast anymore. And we have a small community that's growing out here, but like people were really excited out here to start accumulating points. Um, You'll probably hear from some of the TOs and judges out here who work with legacy. I mean, uh, even though they're gonna, you know, it would involve any of us getting on a plane to come play. I mean, people are really interested in in, in using the circuit as a way to grow legacy out here as well. Um, it's just like giving, giving the legacy people something to really look
2: and aim for you know, we really wanted to design a program that encourages players to to grind to chase points and i'm not expecting people to be driving every weekend three or four hours to go play in any sorts of tournaments but just something that gives people a tangible benefit for getting out there playing magic you said t- you said that you're from, from utah yeah i live
1: in utah, i was reviewing now. the
2: list of store i was reviewing the list of stores that agreed to do satellites Right now, we have 12 stores that have agreed to do bronze-level satellites. Bronze of the free local F&M satellites. There are not two stores that share a state where they're doing it. Right now, the list of states is Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Delaware. Of course. <laughs> Georgia, Florida, West, West Virginia, Minnesota, Illinois, and Canada. Just not a state, but there's a Canadian satellite. Very cool. That's 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 yeah, a and pretty and wide I know, reach.
1: And I definitely know you'll be getting some inquiries from Utah. We've been discussing it in our in our little legacy group uh, here as well. And uh, you know, uh, I just I just think it's great that I, it was one of the things that I was that we were thinking about. Like, what if we tried something like, you know, we'll get people to come to Utah by offering sort of a similar system, but then you just did, went ahead and did it, so we don't have to try ourselves
2: I was at Grand Prix Salt Lake City five years ago Utah's a nice place
0: yeah so with these with these events uh buys are being awarded for uh an accumulation of points sort of like the the planeswalker point system and then uh for for uh wins in the larger tournaments. so the uh, correct me if I'm wrong here the platinum gold and silver uh will allow will award buys based on uh final rankings in those tournaments
2: Everything is only done through points, okay, so you get points. enough points in a gold-level event to get the buy. Right on. So it's all
0: points. That's, that, that's a pretty good piece of information. And then, uh, uh, so what what is a, what qualifies for a main event? What, what are you guys using as your main
2: event? Because that's what the buys are good for. Right. They're good for the Legacy $20,000 event, the $7,500 Modern event, or the $7,500 Vintage event. You can piece them together however you want. You can you can split buys across multiple events if you want. Say oh, I want to use my free entry on Saturday and my buy on Sunday, that's also fine. And the thing that's slightly different than uh the, the you know the
0: Grand Prix system with the buys is that you spend your points for a buy, correct?
2: Right. At the end of the season, we're gonna say that you have a single buy you could use however you want. If you don't use it in the spring slash summer EE event you can use them in the fall-winter event or any 2018 EE event as well when right we get on. there.
0: Cool. So the, it accumulates over, over the course of about a year, right? More or less, yep. Great. Um, I know... So, yeah, uh, Nate, you had some other questions as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and nothing Nothing else I really feel like we should get into here. Um, uh, but I just uh, wanted to ask if you had, had decided where the uh, next where the, where the big events are going to be. Are those, are those scheduled or are you, are you pretty sure they're going to be in Baltimore again is, or have you not gotten there yet?
2: Baltimore is the metro area that we really like working in. Um, the rumor is that their convention center is being renovated sometime in the near future. No one really seems to give a date for when they're starting that. So we are waiting to hear back from them entirely on that. Uh, we're okay moving things around a little bit. It's going to be definitively in the Northeast. Hopefully within a week or two, we'll have a, a better idea of where. But Baltimore, Worcester, or Pittsburgh are about the extent of where it's going to be. Cool. Okay. And uh, any, any other messages you want to get out
1: for Legacy players? You know, just about uh, you know, supporting the format and you know, the fact that you guys are ready to jump on and to pick up where Star City's left off here?
2: Really, it all it all comes out to turnout, comes out to your support. We need a certain number of, of players to make these events worthwhile for stores to run, for us to run. Uh, we need people to, to tune in to us on Twitch. All of that contributes, and it's where we want to be. You can support us by buying cards on our website, toamagic.com. Or you can sell cards to us at any GP in the U.S.,
0: Awesome, awesome. So, I guess the other question I was—I I, I should ask—is did you—you uh, you were saying something about there was some some uh, new information that that was coming out? Was that the was it the platinum events? No. Oh, what's uh, the new information? We are,
2: we are bringing back Elo, or sorry, Elo ratings. It is someone's last name. The Elo rating system that was discontinued by Was the Coast about four years ago. Interesting. Uh, Elo is a. System where you will accumulate and lose points based on the result of the match and the skill of your opponent. If you are a top-rated player and you play against someone in their first Legacy tournament and you win, you're only going to pick up a point or two. But if you lose, you might lose twenty or thirty points. Wow! And this has and this is also
0: towards the the uh, the buy system that you guys have implemented there's, as well. There
2: is no there is no buys. There's no rewards. In the ELO system. Okay. Because we want people playing Magic. We don't want people to say, oh, I'm not going to play Magic because I want my buy.
0: Of course. I was actually going to say, you know, that was one of the main pitfalls of, of the old ELO system is people just wouldn't show up to Grand Prix because there's too much at stake.
2: At the end of the day, legacy players like seeing how they stack up against other legacy players. You can look at your local community and... Say, oh, I, I'm the highest-rated person in Utah right now, and that's the sort of sentiment we want to encourage. Uh, we we put all this together on our on a website, so if you go ahead and navigate to MakeLegacyGreatAgain.com, you are able to check out the uh, what the elo rating would be from EE three, four, and five legacy main events. Uh, Sam Rookas the EE5 winner is the highest rated person right now. Okay. Hey, look at number 21.
0: <laughs> oh, man, you're at number 21? Oh, God, where am I
2: at?
1: I'm, I'm afraid to find out. Yes, I'm, I'm still dining out on that
2: top eight from EE3, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go ahead and click on anyone's name. You can see your, your match result history. So if we go ahead and do that with you, now uh, we can see when you uh, when you picked up your you know, your first loss in round seven, you drawn to top eight in round nine, and then your your final loss in top four.
1: Yeah, still bitter about that. Activated <laughs> engineered explosives a little too early. Oh well.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm not even on the list. Maybe I wasn't at E3. I thought I was at E3. That was the one that I was with you at, right? Um, or
1: was that two? Good. Maybe I was at two. That was two. Yep. Yeah, you and me and Tony went to two. That's and then it. me and Tony and and, uh, and Tim went to three. I see. Well, stick around cool. So, and they, this is really cool. Yeah, this I'm is not just saying that's am number twenty one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's very neat. Uh, that that's a very cool system and I and I like the fact that you guys have implemented it in a in a way that uh, doesn't make people want to not play the game after they get to a certain point. Which is uh, I, I, I certainly had kept my mouth shut for a moment, because I was like, "Oh no, not the yellow system!" But this is this is a pretty cool uh, implementation uh, implementation of it.
2: We're yeah. we're expecting we're expecting to see this used a lot for coverage purposes. Uh, one of the things that Magic lacks on the on the coverage side is a way of establishing this is a good player or numbers. Uh, people like seeing the batting averages or the field goal percentages those sorts of things out there. So being able to put together a really nice data set is something that we look forward to. All the bronze events, all the way up through platinum events and EE main events are gonna be in the system. So what we envision is at EE6, when you have a feature match, we can go back through the entire year or several years. Say this player has a record of 44 and 17 in their local events. A top or a top four finish at e three, so on and so forth, all the way back through a whole bunch of of data. That's that's pretty awesome. It's
0: it's it's a really cool uh, system that you guys have here. It's v- it's really cool to to see that it's being implemented in in a way that makes it just makes the game more fun and it also it adds to coverage too. This is a really great a really great little tool.
1: Yeah, Michael, I think this is really great and also you know the more like if you guys want us to start from scratch like just a suggestion like collecting as many deck lists i know people love seeing you know what kind of tech is being used and and seeing what you know what certain decks were in a were in a field i know legacy players really really are starved for that information compared to some other formats and we grab onto any little bit of it that we can so you know i'm here to help if you want any help with any any sort of data or something like that i'd love to uh you know volunteer any help i can i can give you guys cuz i think that you're on the right track here in terms well, oh, of meeting that for the community.
2: Over on the source, someone was complaining about their decks to beat section that they didn't have the ability to update it as much with fewer large legacy events going on. One of the requirements for a store running any of these satellites is to send us the deck list of the winner. Oh, great. Or the four O the deck lists for the bronze events, uh, top four on silver top eight on gold so that we're able to to collect the data, that data, collect that information. But we're also looking to, to putting a regular show on Twitch, on our Twitch stream, where every week we sit down, we look at the winning deck lists from all of our events of the past week, uh, as well as the events we have coming up, discuss what's unique about them, Maybe bring on some people who are, are well known or or one of the people who won one with those decks. And try and get as much of this information out there for the entire player base as we can. Awesome. Great. Great. So um yeah, I think that I, I think that might be
0: it for this. This this is awesome. Thanks so much for for all the information, Michael. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Awesome. Uh so uh I think that that brings us to a close with you. Uh, I appreciate you coming out, man. Yep, take care, enjoy the rest of the show. Have a good Thanks, man. Mike. Have a good night. Yeah, man, that was that was great, right, Nate?
1: Yeah, I uh I really enjoyed that. I think that I think they're just really hitting the nail on the head in terms of providing data, which I know a lot of legacy players and podcasts like ours
0: are really looking for. For sure, yeah. That's that's awesome. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of awesome data and it looks like they're going to be giving it on the regular too, which is which is really cool. Yep.
1: Um, and the other thing that I think we, you know, we should point out is that, you know, we just straight up asked him, like, what can legacy players do? he said, you know, you got to come to this, come to the tournaments first. Right. And with this whole star city mess, there's just been a lot of like people from star city saying legacy players aren't showing up. Uh, I think that's definitely not backed up by their data. Um, and we don't have to get into it now, but you know, it does seem like this, this tournament is really looking for turnout more than just card sales. I mean, obviously it helps to buy cards from them and stuff like that. But um, I think, you know, legacy players, like you got one in your area, you know, do us all solid and and make a weekend. Yeah. Get get out for
0: this. Definitely talk to your local tournament organizers to, to get these events going, especially if they're free. The only thing that they have to do is collect a deck list from the top person. That's not asking a lot. And I'll tell you, I mean, it, if it gets legacy competitive in your, in your local area, I think that's a, that's just good. That's good by itself. So I I really think you should get out there and, and talk to your uh, tournament organizers locally and try and see if you can get these tournaments, the bronze level uh, tournaments run and run.
1: Right. And I'll, uh, I just actually send a quick message off to one of our local tournament organizers here to uh, let them know that we have some news for them and uh, you know, you know, just that, you know, we can run these really the cost of running these deck lists is that he's got to or running these events is that he's got to collect the deck list. So,
0: <laughs> really, not that tough. I mean, that's it's very simple. People, people already have their deck list written down. It's not like they change that much. You know, like here's my sideboard this week, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, to collect your $45 in, in winnings or $60 in winnings or whatnot, please hand me your deck list when you're done. You know, like not that big a deal. Yeah. Alright,
1: so guess we'll have a lot more to talk about next week after Star City Baltimore, right?
0: Yeah, sounds sounds good, yeah. Star City Baltimore should be should be pretty interesting. Uh,